2 Timothy 3 verse 16 to 17 says this. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this Scripture shows us how we are to use Scripture to be equipped for every good work. The Bible, therefore, is a very practical book. It's not full of hidden secrets or esoteric wisdom. There's no Bible code to break. It's God's revelation about Himself and how we are to live in light of that. It's also not a book of rules, of laws and information, but it is used for the purposes of enriching our relationship with God Himself through Jesus Christ. So therefore... We don't approach it in a very cerebral way, looking to become more clever or understand deep information. Rather, we approach it with an open heart, ready to hear what God says to us personally and corporately as a church and His church everywhere and at all times. The Bible is a living word. So look what Hebrews 4 verse 12 says. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, of your heart. The Bible discerns the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. And this also means that it has a certain kind of power that is inherent to itself. Unlike many other books which might get some sort of reaction from you, maybe move you emotionally, maybe um, disgust you, maybe interest you, maybe change your mind on a few things, the Bible goes a step further and actually transforms you as a person. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says this, it says, and this is obviously God speaking, he says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God is the one who inspired the Bible and therefore He will accomplish His purposes through it. It's through His word of Jesus Christ found in the Bible that um, convicts of sin, that reveals the coming judgment, that weighs our motivations, that reveals Christ and His salvation. In other words, in the Bible, God reveals His gospel, His word, His message to us. And this gospel gives us faith and changes us, makes us more like Christ, and restores His image in us. It's a word that pierces and discerns us. The Bible knows you better than you know yourself. So the point is not to know the Bible as much as to let it know uh, you, as much as to let it let you know God and even yourself. Now, we often call the Bible the Word of God, and it's good to understand what do we actually mean by this. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh. John 1 verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the, of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus also warned against making Scripture something purely informational or cerebral or something that just teaches rules or regulations or secret knowledge. This is why he said in John 5 to the Pharisees in verse 39, he says, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, about Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me 
that you may have life. Very often this is how we treat the Bible. We search the scriptures, we, we, we wanting to know information, wanting to know something out of it, but we refuse to actually come to Jesus who will give us the life we are looking for. We can't see the Bible as purely words on a page. We have to understand we're looking for the living word for Jesus Christ himself in the Bible. So the word of God is the living and active word of Jesus found within scripture, which we call the gospel. And this word must be preached and proclaimed. What I mean by this is you can see that the word that the apostles preached was about Jesus. It wasn't about principles or wisdom or rules or ideas. Um, it wasn't even about marriage advice or how to run your business more successfully or any of that stuff. That comes with the gospel when we preach the gospel. And the first thing we must do is preach the gospel. So we see this in Acts 4 verse 33 in Acts 5. It says they were witnesses of his resurrection. And that's what they preached about. Um, the, the, the apostles didn't have a New Testament like we do. They obviously wrote the New Testament. They only had the Old Testament. Their preaching was about showing Jesus his death, his resurrection, why he came, his ascension, his incarnation. They were showing that in the Old Testament, and the Bible says that was the word they were preaching. So look at Acts 8. If you have a Bible, go check at Acts 8, verse 14. It says, They believed Philip as he, and quote, proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of of Jesus Christ. And just a few verses later in verse 25, it says that that content that he preached about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ is what is called the word of the Lord. Acts 13, we see Paul preaches what it calls the gospel and the word. In verse 30 and verse 39, it says, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this one, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by this one, Jesus, Everyone who believes is justified from everything from which the law of Moses could not justify you. So that gives us a clue, an understanding of what um, Paul was preaching, what the content of the word of the Lord, as the Bible calls it, as those scriptures call it, what the content of that was about forgiveness, justification, proclaiming the forgiveness of sins to others. And there are plenty of examples of this uh, throughout Acts. Look at chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 18, chapter 19, chapter 20. You see the word of the Lord or the word of God is defined as the gospel. You see Paul say this as well in 1 Corinthians 14, 2 Corinthians 2, uh, and 2 Corinthians 4, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2, 2 Thessalonians 3, Colossians 1, and even 2 Timothy verse 2. It's all over the Bible where the Word of God is the gospel, and the Bible is explaining, is, is in unpacking that gospel. But the Word of God that comes and brings life is the Word of the gospel. The Bible contains the written Word of God. It contains the, old, the, the gospel message. With the Old Testament pointing towards Jesus and the New Testament pointing back at him. And this is why we often call the whole Bible the Word of God in a sort of shorthand way. And it helps to give us our lens for reading the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our lens for interpreting, for understanding the Bible is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus come, incarnated, living his life, healing people, ministry on earth, dying for our sins, dying, taking our place, justifying us before God, resurrecting life, us entering into that resurrection life. Jesus ascended, 
all power and authority given to Jesus, and Jesus now sent his Holy Spirit. That is the gospel message, and that gospel message helps us to understand what's going on in the Old Testament and what obviously is going on in the New Testament. So this is important in discovering what we are to preach and how the Bible itself actually transforms us. Because the gospel is not a message of law and condemnation, but it is a message of being justified by God and His righteousness found in Jesus Christ. The gospel is not a message of principles and ideas, wisdom, or some life hacks. It's not about 10 steps to success in your marriage or your job or rearing children. It's not about your call and the purpose and the gifts that God gives. It's not about... Um, uh, the Great Commission even. The, the, the gospel is not about the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission that energizes the gospel. We're going to tell people the gospel. That is the Great Commission. All these things I've mentioned follow the gospel. But the central message of the church has always been and should always be Jesus and what Jesus did for the world. That's the message that drives the Great Commission. The Great Commission can't drive itself. We're not called to tell people to tell people to tell people. What we're meant to be doing is telling them about Jesus. The power of salvation is found in the gospel, not in all the things that surround the gospel. And so very often we can make the things that surround the gospel the main thing, when the main thing is the main one, Jesus, as Tyron keeps saying. So the point of studying and reading the Bible is to find the living Christ revealed through the Bible by the Holy Spirit and abide in Him. The Word must reside in us. It's a living Word that resides in us. The point of the Scriptures is to find Jesus, to find Him the living Word, to find Him eternal life and let Him reside in you. Jesus makes this point quite clear in John 6, showing how the manna given to Israel in the wilderness was a prophetic picture pointing towards Jesus, the true bread of life, now given to the world. He says we must eat this word, have this word live in us. Romans 10 verse 70 says, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the preach word of Christ. It is the word, it is the gospel that ignites our faith, that gives us faith, that energizes our faith, and so we can do the things God has called us to do. And this word is inherently powerful and effective. Gospel, the word of Jesus, doesn't need any bells and whistles to make it effective. The word, the gospel, is the cause of faith and is what gives us our assurance of salvation. It doesn't need you to activate its power through your will or through your acceptance of its message. See, faith is not what gives the word its power, but rather the word is what gives faith. The word of God is not effective only once you believe it. It is effective because it comes from God. So your salvation and God's grace, grace is not dependent on how you feel about it. We often may be trying to assure ourselves of our salvation by questioning how much we believe the gospel message, how much we believe Jesus. We try and weigh up our faith, and we do this by weighing up our feelings or our state of mind, weighing up our theology or even our intellectual commitments. But rather, real assurance is found in the fact that Jesus died on the cross in history. He died for you, he died for me, and there's nothing we can do to change that. 
It happened in history. It's been proclaimed in history. It keeps being proclaimed, and it's proclaimed to you today. It is finished, is what Jesus said. Not how do you feel about it, but it is finished. It is finished in your life. He has saved you when we come to believe in. You can't introspect a moment in history. It was done for you. And that is where we find our assurance. When Jesus died, he died for you, and that's it. And that is where we know we are saved, because he did it. So we must tie and bind our conscience to the word of God proclaimed to you, given to you, the word of God that says you are forgiven, that you are accepted, that you're brought into his kingdom, that you've passed through judgment, that you have died with Christ, that you've been raised with him to new life, that you have the Holy Spirit, that you are a new creation, that the old has gone and you are in his kingdom and you have a new citizenship in his kingdom, have an inheritance stored up for you and that not even death can separate you from the love found in Christ Jesus. That is the word preached to you and that is the word you must buy your conscience to and we find our salvation is assured when we put our conscience on the word of God given to us. See just like um, God spoke creation into existence so he speaks his gospel word to us today which makes us into new creations and he speaks his life through the promise and the story and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you see the Word of God and the Spirit of God work together. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So it's calling the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. And this makes sense, given that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, and that Jesus is the Word in the flesh. So some people like to talk about being a Word person, and some people like to talk about being a spirit person, meaning a word person is someone who's more interested in studying the Bible and understanding it, and a word person is someone who's more interested in flowing with the spirit and the gifts. But what we can see here is that the word and the spirit are one and the same. These are not helpful categories to separate word and spirit. It's a false dichotomy. You can't have the spirit of God without the word, and you can't have the word without the spirit. If we try to separate the true, you get nothing but a half-baked Christianity. See, the Word sustains us. The Word of Jesus sustains us. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Word produces faith. As I said earlier, Romans 10, 17, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ, through the Gospel. That's why we are called to preach and proclaim the gospel. The gospel is our forefront thing to preach and proclaim Jesus Christ, the, the, the one that we preach. The word makes us born again. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter 1.23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. The word of Jesus. And the word abides with us and is what ultimately will bring the victory. Like John says in 1 John 2 verse 14, the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So it's through God's word that we will become like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. 
as it says in Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3. So we can see that all these things, the word sustaining us, producing faith, making us born again, abiding with us, bringing victory, are acts done by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. So we can't be word people or spirit people. We need to break down that, un- that, that useless categorization. No need to complicate this. The Spirit and the Word work together in us and through us. So this is how the Bible transforms you. The Spirit of God and the Word of God coming to you, declaring His forgiveness because of what Jesus has done, setting your conscience free and having His presence work within you and through you. So let the Word, therefore, abide richly in you. Pay attention to it. Listen to His words and His promises. Bind your conscience to His Word and not your own feelings, your intellectual ideas, and certainly not the many ideas out there or even some prophetic utterance. No, we go back to what it is God has told us, the promises of God to us, His declaration of forgiveness, and we bind our conscience to that. So let the Word of Christ, His Gospel, found in the pages of the Bible, become central to your spirituality and watch how God will transform you.